Um, I mean, well, last time you sang for us, are you going to howl for us this time? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Deep Dive, the podcast separated from the pack at birth and left to fend for itself. I'm Oscar Boyd. This week we turn to the forests and the ongoing hunt for living specimens of the Japanese wolf, which is supposed to have gone extinct in the early 20th century. Now, a number of photographs of a wolf-like animal taken in the mid-1990s and early 2000s has prompted a devout group of people to search for the wolf, combing through Japan's mountains and countryside, setting camera traps in likely locations, all in an attempt to prove the animal's continued existence. For the past few months, the Japan Times' Alex Martin has been joining the search and is now here in the studio today to tell us about their progress. So Alex, you've written about quite a lot of different things for the Japan Times. Um, on this podcast, you've covered stories about the Tokyo University riots. Uh, you've covered a story about the end of the bubble era. But this one's quite different. You've uh, been off in the forest, off in the mountains, meeting up with a group of people who um, are hunting an extinct animal. How did you get into this story? Thanks, Oscar. Um, well, the story, it began from something my mother uh, told me. Um, my mother, uh, who's Japanese, uh, she has a weekend house in uh, Chichibu, which is a mountainous region in Saitama Prefecture. Uh, she said a few months ago she uh, heard from a friend in Chichibu uh, who claims to have seen a, a wolf-like animal. So according to this friend, who's a, a homemaker in her 50s, um, she said she was walking out to her family's garden last December um, at around 3 p.m. when she noticed a, a lone wolf-like animal standing by a rim of a small man-made pond. She said the animal stared at her for a few seconds before she called inside for her mother to bring a camera, um, and her voice prompted the mysterious animal to disappear into a bamboo forest. Um, she said the animal had a uh, long, triangular snout, and unlike dogs, which typically have prominent foreheads, she said its face seemed uh, relatively flat from the top of the skull to uh, its nose. She said it had a straight tail and uh, patchy black and brown fur, around the size of a medium-sized dog, and she said it looked very hungry with its uh, ribs showing. And she told my mother, well, she was apparently uh, somewhat panicked when uh, she called my mother. She said it definitely wasn't a dog, and she said uh, she, was, she seemed to be convinced that it was a wolf. And I found this episode uh, quite interesting, and I began looking into uh, potential wolf sightings in the area. And she's absolutely convinced that it's a wolf. I think so. <laughs> and rather than just a hungry dog, as it kind of sounds. Right. So apparently she used to uh, have her own dogs, and uh, she thinks she knows the difference between a, a dog and a wolf, although a wolf no longer exists in Japan. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing, I mean, about this. This animal is supposed to be extinct. Um, so could you tell me, when was the last confirmed sighting of the Japanese wolf? It's considered to be uh, 1905. It's an interesting story. Um, back then, uh, there was an American traveler named Malcolm Anderson, a 25-year-old guy who was in Japan collecting uh, animal specimens for the British Museum of Natural History. Um, records say uh, he checked into an inn uh, in a remote logging village called Iwashikaguchi uh, in Nara Prefecture. And with the assistance of a Japanese student named Kiyoshi Kanai, uh, who was his interpreter, he was gathering carcasses of rabbits and weasels and deers and other animals. So one day in January 1905, uh, several hunters um, hauled in the stiff body of a wolf uh, to the inn that he was staying in. And after some arguments over the price of the dead beast, 
uh, Anderson purchased the wolf and sent its pelt, along with the uh, other st- specimens that he has collected, had collected to London, where uh, curators placed them in the British Museum of Natural History. And this is considered to be the last wolf uh, captured in Japan. So there are no more wolves ever seen after that, in theory. In theory, yes. In theory. And so... In theory, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so there are, how many specimens of the Japanese wolf can be found around the world today? Um, there aren't that many specimens to begin with. Um, this is including wolf pelts or uh, wolf bones. Uh, when it comes to uh, stuffed specimens, fully stuffed specimens, um, there are considered to be only four in the world. Um, one at the National Museum of Natural History in Leiden, uh, which is in the Netherlands. Uh, one at the National Museum of Nature and Science in Tokyo, which uh, anyone can go in and uh, check out um, today, tomorrow, whenever. And another stored at the University of Tokyo's Faculty of Agriculture. Um, this you would need an appointment to actually uh, take a look at. And one more in, uh, at the Wakayama Prefectural Museum of Natural History. And describe this wolf to me, because when I first heard about this story and you were writing it, I was imagining the Japanese wolf is like this big, fearsome creature, much as you'd imagine kind of a North American or European wolf. But when I looked up pictures of the uh, the stuffed specimens, it's quite different. Right. I, I was actually surprised uh, myself when I first started researching the Japanese wolf. Um, I think it's considered one of the uh, smallest wolves um, in the world when it was alive. Um, regarding its uh, history, um, academics say uh, they colonized Japan through the Korean Peninsula uh, before it separated from mainland Asia. Uh, this was more than 20,000 years ago. Um, the Hokkaido wolf, which is uh, another wolf that used to exist in Japan, um, which also went extinct uh, around 100 years ago, um, was probably introduced much more recently, around 14,000 years ago, uh, through a uh, land bridge uh, with Sakhalin Island up north. Um, the Hokkaido wolf is larger than the Japanese wolf. Um, it, it's considered a subspecies of the uh, the gray wolf. The Japanese wolf, however, is sometimes treated as an independent species due to its much smaller body size. Um, the debate on whether uh, the Japanese wolf is a gray wolf subspecies or not still continues. But to look at it, it does look much more similar to a dog in terms of size and stature than, correct. say, a wolf. That's correct, yes. Which is one reason um, the mystery continues, because... Uh, the distinguishing factors, although they do exist um, from a eye, from the eyes of perhaps someone like myself who's not trained to distinguish between a wolf and a dog, it's very hard to sort of discern the differences. So obviously humans and wolves coexisted for a long time in Japan. What is the history of the relationship between wolves and humans here? Wolves have been uh, worshipped for centuries uh, in Japan uh, because uh, they offered farmers protection against uh, crop raiders like wild boar and deer. Um, you can find traces of this wolf worship uh, even still. For example, uh, there's a shrine called Mitsumine Shrine up in the mountains of Chichibu, where uh, the shrine itself is dedicated to the founding gods of Japan. Um, it's also a center of wolf worship, and Shugendo, which is an old uh, ascetic religion combining aspects of uh, mountain worship with Shintoism. And if you go to the shrine, uh, you find uh, little stone statues of wolves um, all over the place. I think there's uh, maybe uh, over a dozen statues uh, protecting the shrine. Um, you can find similar smaller shrines uh, in a dozen more locations all around Chichibu. Um, so the area itself has been very, uh, has been historically very closely related to uh, wolf worship. And this kind of uh, situation was not just restricted to Chichibu, but uh, elsewhere in Japan as well. Interesting. So how did it go from that situation where wolves were actually being wor- worshipped and kind of valued as crop protectors to their ultimate extinction? 
Right. Well, uh, there's several reasons behind that. I think one of the primary factors is uh, the wolves began attacking uh, livestock, very valuable livestock. And that resulted um, in the Japanese wolf uh, being exterminated um, by what is believed to be a combination of rabies, which was transmitted from dogs, and uh, humans using poisons and uh, bounty systems to kill and hunt them down in the name of protecting livestock, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. And by the time, I think by the end of the 19th century, um, most of the wolves were killed, killed off. And then beginning of the 20th century, we had that last wolf sighting. Sure. Okay, so the wolf is declared extinct. Uh, we have the last confirmed sighting in 1905. And yet now we have this whole group of people who are looking quite fervently for any sites of the wolf whatsoever. Um, where did this movement develop out of? What recent evidence has there been that these wolves might still be in existence? Right, so from the early 20th century when uh, the last wolf was uh, found dead, um, there's been numerous accounts of you know, wolf sightings, uh, reports of mysterious howling in the mountains, and discoveries of uh, purported wolf droppings, bones, and fur. And these discoveries have prompted some people um, to argue that the Japanese wolf may still be alive and uh, been waiting to be rediscovered in the mountains. Um, several uh, incidents happened uh, in the recent decades. One, well, there's a man called Hiroshi Yagi, uh, who's been dedicating the past half century to finding the Japanese wolf. Um, in 1996, uh, he happened to uh, take 19 photos of a uh, medium-sized wolf-like animal. He uh, came across while uh, driving uh, the mountains of Chichibu. And have you seen these photos? Yes, it's actually uh, featured in my article. If you can, uh, if readers can access the uh, the website, I think you can and see what, the. Um, and what do they look like to you? Right, um, it's hard to say. Short legs, um, long snout, uh, straight tail, sort of patchy fur, brownish and black, I guess. Honestly, I'm not a, a dog expert, so I can't compare <laughs> the animal to, you know, potentially similar looking dogs. Um, but it did look quite convincing. Um, and Yagi actually uh, took these photos to a, uh, a taxonomist um, called Imaizumi-san, who is who's already passed away. Um, who was considered an expert on the Japanese wolf, and he said it, the the photographs or the animal that's shown in the photographs does rem- resemble a Japanese wolf. So four years later, uh, in 2000, another group of photos were taken by a high school principal named Nishida Satoshi, Satoshi Nishida, this time in Oita Prefecture. Uh, this was also sent to uh, Mr. Imaizumi, who said uh, these also resemble the Japanese wolf in terms of its uh, physical characteristics. So you have these two sets of photos. You have uh, Imaizumi-san saying that they resemble wolves, but generally, how were these photos received by the scientific and, I guess, biological communities? Most academics were quite skeptical about the uh, the photographs. Um, Some said these were probably uh, German shepherds or German shepherd hybrids, perhaps, Um, just wild dogs roaming around the mountains. Um, And there's reason behind their claims. Uh, Wolves are considered to move in very tightly knit packs of anywhere from two to three to about ten. And... uh, it's very rare for them to actually come out into areas where uh, humans are around, and especially alone. So uh, these reasons were behind uh, a lot of bashing that went on back in the days, saying, you know, these photos are not wolves, they're just dogs. And yet Yagi remains absolutely convinced that um, these wolves are out there. What kind of stuff has he been doing to try and track down um, the wolf? And like, what's his ultimate 
aim right now. So what's he? What he's been doing uh, over the past decade or longer is uh, he's been going up into the mountains of the uh, Okuchichibu mountain range, which covers uh, several prefecture in the Kanto area, and is set up around I think around seventy uh, infrared uh, motion sensitive cameras in locations where uh, he's heard of potential wolf sightings or uh, rumors of uh, wolf sightings. And once a week, he would go up into the mountains and retrieve the uh, SD cards uh, that's fitted inside these cameras and change them to new ones, uh, also changing batteries, because these usually last about maybe two to three months before they uh, die out. Mm. And in the time that you spent with him, talking to him, did, did you come across anything that uh, might suggest that wolves are out there? Um, well, first of all, after I heard this uh, story from my mother about her friend um, seeing a wolf-like animal in her garden, I contacted Yagi. Um, and uh, he was quite interested in my story, and we decided to meet up. So in April, um, he, picked me, he picked me up on his van at Seibu Chichibu Station, uh, and we went to uh, this lady's home, and we were listening to her tale, and uh, you could tell that Yagi was gradually getting very, uh, how should I say it, passionate. Um, <laughs> you know, his eyes changed. He was obviously interested. I, th- I think before we went, he was sort of not quite convinced that, you know. Looked like a hungry wolf. Almost. Right. But uh, the description that uh, the lady gave to him, I think, uh, convinced him somewhat, at least enough to the extent that he asked the lady uh, whether he can set up two uh, motion-sensitive cameras in her garden or the trails running up to her garden. So that search is ongoing. At the same time, um, this is after the story was published, he told me that uh, the story itself attracted a fair amount of attention. So now he's been bombed by uh, information from uh, people from not only from Japan, but maybe uh, from overseas oh, really? about potential wolf sightings. Um, and this could, you know, lead to possibly inter- you know, inter- interesting leads in the future. So. And so what is the likelihood of these um, supposed wolves just being dogs? I don't know. Um, I think one reason why some people like Yagi-san um, are so passionate about finding the Japanese wolf is because it used to be the apex predator in Japan, in the whole of Japan. It was, you know, the, the most powerful beast. It ruled the mountains. Um, when wolves moved in packs, uh, no matter whether it's a deer or a boar or, um, or a bear, no living animal could actually fight it off. It was paramount. It was number one. Plus, it's been a mythical creature. One reason is because it almost never came into... Uh, the human perimeter to villages or cities. So I think one reason why it's been sort of mystified uh, over the centuries is because there was so few encounters, physical mm. encounters. So people were sort of scared of this animal that's in the mountains that they know is extremely powerful. You know, they're roaming the mountains since they're the king of the mountains, but they, they can never actually see them physically. So it sort of created this sort of mythical background to the, the wolves itself and I think it's that kind of mystery that really intrigues people um, even to this day including myself um, I sort of became obsessed by this uh, whole thing <laughs> once I started looking into it um, and there's a little fascination that you know maybe maybe someone like myself maybe I can just go out in the mountains and if I spend a fair amount of time maybe I'll see something you know that sort of that sense of wonder I think that uh, really triggers um, when, when you sort of look into something like this. So have you gone to the uh, local camouflage store and bought yourself you know, a <laughs> I'm even considering and, that, uh, yeah. And all that stuff. And uh, maybe sort of do a mock uh, wolf howl in the mountains <laughs> to uh, sort of attract them now, but... Uh, Go on, give us your uh, best impression. <laughs> Alex Martin, pretty. always willing to perform. <laughs> 
It's a fascinating story. Um, I know most you know academics or you know, the world of academia would say, you know, oh God, no, no, there's no wolves. But uh, I think you know, it's that doesn't mean we can just laugh off these uh, possibilities or the people who are actually dedicating so much time to be you know to actually trying to find these animals. And uh, you never know. You never know. Well, one thing that was raised in your story, right, is the kind of examples from two other species, which were uh, endemic, I guess, to Japan. Um, local salmon and also stories of otters both of which were considered extinct or are considered extinct and yet there's also sightings and in one case the salmon's been found right yeah that's correct um so so there's um there's, there was a japanese species of salmon called the kunimasu uh, which has been thought to have gone extinct in 1940 uh, but then in 2010 a team of researchers at Kyoto university and a uh, celebrity uh, fish expert called Sakana-kun. Um, they actually rediscovered this uh, salmon in a different lake. And uh, that prompted the Environment Ministry to change its designation from extinct to extinct in the wild. And then there's the uh, Japanese river otter uh, that you mentioned, uh, the Nihon Kawauso. This was last seen in 1979 and officially declared extinct uh, in 2012. However, um, uh, there was a journalist that I interviewed for the story called Mitsuru Munakata who wrote a book about the Japanese wolf. And uh, he claims that uh, there's been numerous sightings uh, in Shikoku of uh, river otters, um, which raises the possibility that maybe they're not extinct yet. Um, So it's these stories that sort of add some kind of hope uh, to a search like this. And so what do you think? Do you think, uh, do you think the wolf is out there? I have no idea, uh, but the possibility is very intriguing. And one thing for sure is that I'm going to continue uh, being in contact with Yagi-san to see if there's uh, anything found in the, uh, the two camera traps that he set in uh, my mother's friend's uh, yard. Who knows? Well, I wish you all the best with your and Yagi's quest to find the wolf. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Alex. Thank you, Oscar. That was Alex Martin and his newfound obsession with wolves. You can read all of his excellent feature writing for the Japan Times at www.japantimes.co.jp. You've been listening to Deep Dive with me, Oscar Boyd. Thanks as always for tuning in. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please do share it with a friend or leave us a rating or a review. You can subscribe to Deep Dive and find more episodes on all major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Join us on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on the episode at Japan Deep Dive. Thank you, as always, for listening and see you next time. And now for something completely different. Well, she was apparently uh, somewhat panicked when uh, she called my mother. She said it definitely wasn't a dog. And she said uh, she she seemed to be convinced that it was a wolf. Well, she was apparently uh, somewhat panicked when uh, she called my mother. She said it definitely wasn't a dog. And she said uh, she she seemed to be convinced that it was a wolf. Well, she was apparently uh, somewhat panicked when uh, she called my mother. She said it definitely wasn't a dog. And she said uh, she she seemed to be convinced that it was a wolf.
seemed to be convinced that it was a wolf. 